Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. All right, let's get into it. All right, so you, uh, Bibles always come in handy for this part. Uh, they come in handy for your life in general. It's called the Word of God, so it's always good to have it handy. Uh, memorize is better, but if you don't have the entire Bible memorized, you can memorize sections of it or just read it every day. So if you don't have one with you, please take one of these. And if you don't have one, period, then take this and make it your own. Um, so we had this whole plan that... Um, we were going to go through uh, the book of Proverbs, and today was supposed to be the first morning of that, and that is going to be completely hijacked. I don't think any of you built your entire calendar around that, so I think we're okay, um, but I'll tell you why. So we, um, we were in Mexico. Uh, we just came back. We were there this last weekend. We're going to be sharing about it in full either this next Sunday or the Sunday after. It's all based around a... Um, uh, 11-year-old girl. So I'll let you know how that works. You'll see what I mean. But when we were in Mexico, we, were, we went down there to build a house. And I like what uh, Hector said, who was down there. He said, like, you're not coming here to build a house. You're coming to give. Now, that's a good kind of outline for everything that we're saying today. And I didn't even think about it until I just repeated his words. But we went down there just to give. He said, you're not here to just build a house. You're here to give. And so just look for opportunities to give. Maybe it's, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, but just be here to give. And um, I can't remember if it was the first day or the second day, but this guy shows up. And I knew this was coming, and I had done it before, but he shows up, and uh, his name's Ramon, and he's like, hey, man. That's how he sounds. Hey, man, we're going to go out. You guys want to come with us? Because we're going to go. We're going to go door to door. We're going to knock on people's doors. And then what we're going to do is we're going to share about Jesus. And who wants to come from the team? We're going to do some evangelism. <laughs> as soon as he said evangelism, every, every warning light went off. Alarms went, woo, 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 danger, danger, danger. Because I've seen it done wrong so many times. I've, I've done it wrong. I've had it done wrong to me, and it was just... Oh, I just felt, just when I hear the word. And so I looked around in our group and you could see everybody going, yeah, I'm going to stay here and build the house. We got to do this. I got some sawing to do. You know, there's no saws or anything. Like you could see everybody stepping back. Like, I don't want to do this. Um, because the reality is, is most of us, when we hear about evangelism, we go, oh, evangelism is lame. I don't do that. And in my heart, as I was imagining us going door to door, by the way, our whole group went door to door and we brought everyone. There's a whole story behind that. But I remembered a quote and it was um, from Dwight L. Moody. Dwight L. Moody was this amazing man from the uh, 1800s and he uh, wanted to become rich. He wanted to um, sell shoes. That was his thing. So he got in his uncle's shoe selling business. I think it was his uncle. And he uh, was selling shoes because he wanted to make, you know, his goal was to be, make $100,000. And you're like, that's nothing. That's like a million dollars back then, right? So he wanted to do what everyone kind of wants to do, get rich. And then God just kind of got, got a hold of his heart. And he thought, this is not what I want to do. So he became an evangelist. 
warning, 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 right? So he became an evangelist, and this lady came up to him. He's really well-known, and she says, Pastor Moody, I really don't like the way that you do evangelism. And he said, you know what, ma'am? I don't like the way I do evangelism either. So how do you do it? And she was kind of thrown off a little bit, and she's like, well, I, 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 I don't. Well, what's your plan? I, I don't have one. And this was his response. And I think this was his response to me when I was down in Mexico because I heard this quote in my head rattling around. He said, well, well, then I like my evangelism plan better. And as I was sitting there, I was critiquing everything they were doing in my head before they even could finish. All they said was the word evangelism. And I was like, like with my whole list of things that they were doing wrong. They shouldn't do it this way. We should do it that way. That's a, that, they're going to feel uncomfortable. That's me. This is what I want us to talk about this morning. We are the light of the world. God said that we are the salt of the earth. We are here to preserve. We are here to shine a light into the darkness. We are here to share this good news. And yet, we don't have a plan because we've seen other people's plans. We're like, well, I don't like that. Evangelism is lame. God will do his work and let's not do it that way. So from that experience in Mexico, uh, I want to invite up Stacy Coble. Um, Stacy was not planning to share when she went down to Mexico. She had other plans, even what she was going to do for Mexico. But I asked her to share this morning because I thought she had a unique perspective, because um, it's different from mine, of the experience of Mexico and exactly what they tapped her on the shoulder to do. So, Stacy, could you come on up? You guys are starting to get it. Anybody that comes up here, and all of you will eventually at some time get your, your time, um, do not want to do this because no one's a big fan of public, public speaking. And if you are, if you are a big fan of public, except for Shane, actually Shane isn't, um, you'd be surprised. He's like, uh, if you need me. But anyone that is a big fan of public speaking usually won't be up here. So it's usually those that are just doing it because they want to serve. So Stacy is nervous as all get out, even though she's smiling and looks, you know, like she's glowing. She's nervous. So thank you for the huge claps. So here's your, your fancy mic. Thank you. And I'm right there for you if you need me. Okay. So, um, my experience in Mexico was um, unlike anything that I thought it would be. Um, I went down there to basically give and help build this house for a family. And um, had I known that there would have been evangelism in it, it probably would have set me back a little. But, um, but yeah, we went down there, and um, the first day we basically um, built the house. And... Um, so Baja Bob was um, the main guy from Baja uh, Christian Ministries, and as Boogie said, he was talking about evangelism and us going out um, to basically evangelize in the town, and um, I was really scared and nervous, like now, <laughs> um, but I wanted to see firsthand how they evangelized and what people's reactions would be to it, and I knew that it would probably be different than um, people here. So I wanted to see it firsthand, and um, they kind of mentioned that we could just kind of um, sit back and watch on the sidelines, and we wouldn't have to do anything. Um, so when we went down into the town that we were evangelizing in, um, we were basically set in, you know, groups of five people, and we would go door to door and basically ask them if they would come meet us under this tree for, um, for a meeting and for um, a free gift that we had for them. And so when we got set out in, you know, groups of five people, I knew that we probably had um, a better chance of 
speaking with a smaller group, so that made me nervous. Um, so we started going out door to door, and um, Baja, um, the Baja Christian Ministries guy, um, started it off and basically um, knocked on people's doors and asked if they would meet us. Um, and so he did the first door. I think Dave did the second door. And then he's like, okay, you're up. You're next. And um, I was kind of in shock. I, again, thought I was just going to be on the sidelines for it. But um, we kind of had a few sentences that we would say. And so, um, you know, in my mind, going door to door, I thought we would be handing them a Bible and basically sharing the gospel with them door to door. So that made me a little less nervous knowing that we wouldn't do that. Um, and surprisingly, I mean, everyone that was home basically opened their door and was open to um, hearing what we had to say. And we told them to meet us, you know, in five minutes, which is like 30 minutes Mexico time. And, um, and so, yeah, we basically um, asked the community to come meet us under this tree and um, that we would share the free gift with them. With them. And um, so when we got to the tree and there was, you know, a crowd of, of people there, Baha Bob was like, okay, we're going to, you know, start sharing. Um, and I'd like to have a few of you share your own testimony. And so when he said that, my heart dropped. I mean, God definitely put it on my heart to, to share, but I wasn't about to volunteer myself. So I think he put it on um, Baha Bob's heart to ask me to share. So right after he said that, he asked me if I would share. And, um, you know. And can, can you give them a picture of how many people? Because we all met under this tree. So we knocked on the doors and told them to meet under this tree. And it was pretty normal for them. Like, if someone knocked on your door, hey, let's go meet out at the tree. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they invited us out. So, what, like 150, 200 people or so? So, so they're all standing there, no microphones or anything. And then he taps Stacy on the shoulder. Hey, you want to share? Yeah. And so I didn't know. I mean, to me, like, I grew up in a pretty normal life. I didn't know what I was going to share, what my own testimony even is. And so, um, you know trying to be more obedient to God and the calling that he has for me, um, I said, yes. And so he's like, okay, we're going to, you know, start sharing right now. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll go like second so I can kind of gather my thoughts and figure out what I'm going to say. And so, um, so someone went first and then I went second. And mind you, I don't know any Spanish. So every few words I'd have to stop and let them translate it, which made it even more harder. But, um, I got through it and, um, and I basically just shared about God's love and how, you know, I hope that everyone in that crowd would be able to experience his love and how um, his love is so abundant. And so, um, so after I shared, you know, I kind of um, stepped back and, and looked at the bigger picture. And I don't know if what I had to say had any impact on anyone there. But, um, you know, God put it on my heart to share. And I think it was, um, it's, you know, a lesson for me to to basically um, step out in faith, and I definitely don't do that enough, especially, you know, here it's pretty easy to, you know, not do that, and so um, just being obedient to God and stepping out in faith and doing that um, showed me a lot, and um, they went through, a few other people shared their testimonies, and it really touched the people, like they, they received it so well, and it was unlike anything that I thought it would be, and it was really cool to see. Um, so they shared the message, and then um, we all prayed together. And when we were all praying together, you know, we all bowed our, he our heads. And um, a few times I, like, looked up, and I just saw everyone there, like, 
praying to God for, you know, him to come into their heart. And it was an incredible, incredible experience to see that and witness that. And um, there was one lady in particular who was um, off on the side, and she was bawling while we were praying and while she was hearing the message. And it was just like it was the message she had been waiting for her whole life. And um, to see that was, oh, my gosh, it was incredible. And so um, so after that, we um, basically asked if anyone wanted to um, get a Bible or receive a Bible. So we handed out Bibles to the people that wanted them. And, um, and yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, it was not what I expected at all. And I really encourage, you know, if any of you guys are hesitant about going on a mission trip, um, I mean, for me, it did change my life. So I really encourage you. And, you know, that aside, too, it was really cool to be able to go down there with your church and get to know everyone better. And, um, you know, it's like we come here, we basically leave right after church. We have our own schedules. So being able to be down there and and, um, in community with each other was really cool, too. So, yeah. And then I um, <laughs> well, I didn't know if this was really going to happen because this is a this is a big thing. So you'll see. I was like, are we doing this? Um, are we not? So yeah. And then um, yeah, I guess. Well, um, I think that's it actually. <laughs> Say what? That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the reason I wanted her to share was because um, it wasn't planned. Um, and you see up there on the screen, it says evangelism is lame. That's because that's what most of us think, because that's been our experience. But it was cool to hear Stacy's experience of how she went through it. And there was a few others that went through it. And even going door to door, we're thinking, they're not going to be here. You know, as they're saying, yeah, sure, we'll see you there. Really, we thought, there's no way. And yet... There were tons of people there. The thing is, is that this is not that weird. Now, going door to door, I'm not suggesting that is the the best way to do it all the time. That is one of the ways to do it, though. The question is, what is your way? That's the real question this morning. What is going to be our way? Because we know what it is to share good news. Evangelism is actually from a Greek word that means good news. It means the sharing of good news. And we share good news all the time. In fact, I had this whole list of things, and I thought, I could just, I can think of experiences in the past 24 hours. So I made myself do that this morning. I thought, instead of me going through this list, I'm going to choose things just in the past 24 hours where either I or someone else has shared good news. For example, one of them was I had this grill, and we had, uh, after baseball practice, we were sitting there, and this guy said, hey, look at this thing I got for the outside of my grill. You should get one of these. You know what? He doesn't get any royalties if I go and buy that. He didn't say, hey, just mention my name when you get it. He got nothing for it. But it was something that really helped him because the grease goes everywhere. Guys, you know what I'm talking about here when you got those portable grills, right? So I had this little cover and the wheel on mine, it broke. And I was like, that's fantastic. And I was really excited. And then I, I have to find it on the internet now, right? So he was sharing that good news with me. Now, is that life-changing? No, but he shared it because he just felt like it was something that was good for him and he wanted to share it with someone else. We do that naturally, don't we? Right? Um, my friend Josh came in this morning. Like, Dude, my back is killing me. I heard I was lifting this couch and we were doing this. And I'm like, 
oh, hey, I got to teach you these stretches, man. Someone taught me these stretches. I want to teach them to you. They've really made a difference. And if that doesn't work, we'll go on to the next thing. Like, I'm sharing this with them. I'm not a doctor. I don't get referrals to certain chiropractors or certain doctors. I'm just sharing this with them because it made a difference in my life, and I want to share that with him, right? I remember somebody sharing about five guys' um, hamburgers. It's the best hamburger in the world. You got to go. It's not. It's good, (laughs) but it's not. But they didn't share that because they worked there or they had stock in it. They just love their hamburgers. They love the peanuts that you can throw everywhere. I mean, they they love the environment, so they shared that because they cared. We do this all the time. But when we talk here about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and about being a part of that faith, we kind of, oh, I, I can't share. I don't do that. Well, here's the thing. You can. You just need to figure out your voice. And here's what you need to know, too. If you don't know Jesus Christ or if it isn't good news, you're off the hook. Because the last thing anybody wants is for someone to share about something they don't believe in. You can smell it and taste it and see it from a mile away. We're just talking about sharing whatever you do know. The guy that was sharing with me about the grill, he doesn't know how the inner workings are. He doesn't have all the answers to the grill. He doesn't know the cheapest place to get it. He doesn't know how long it's going to last. He doesn't know a lot about it, but he knows something. So he shares what he knows. I am not a chiropractor. I am not an orthopedic surgeon. But yet when someone's back hurts, I've learned certain things that have helped me, and I want to share that with them. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a pastor. You, as you begin to follow Christ, we've talked about this. That's what baptism is, right? You're, it's a seal of you belonging to that faith. But Jesus was baptized when he started his ministry. Because we are all, as followers of Christ, have a ministry. And I want to share this scripture with you. Um, I'm only going to share briefly with you from the scripture because I have someone else to come up and share. And I want to give them time and I don't want to rush them. Um, so I want to show you something from Matthew chapter 28. You've heard this before. Um, this verse right here is what we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks. We're going to be looking at other verses that, re- that revolve around them. But Matthew 28, 18 to 20 is this. Go, therefore, into all the world and make disciples, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, if you've ever been in a church or if you've read the Bible, you've heard someone speaking, when you hear this, you usually think that means, okay, so you're saying I need to go to Mexico. I've got to go on a mission trip. Oh, am I going to El Salvador? Wait, should I go to Cambodia? Because it says to go. So I've got to go somewhere. Here's your grammar lesson. I'll keep it short, but I always feel real smart when I know anything about grammar because I'm horrible at it. That word go is a participle. Yeah, I know. You don't know what it means either. I didn't either. I looked it up. But I know what a participle is. I know what it does. And now I know what the word means. So look down there at baptizing. It is a word where a verb gets turned into an adjective or a noun. Okay? So baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching. So I-N-G, right? If it has an I-N-G... That's a lot of times those are participles. Yet when you look up at here, therefore go, it makes it sound like you just go, right? Because it's being translated into English because it was a command. And so in English, in translation, it kind of makes more sense sometimes to say, therefore go, because it is a command. But the way the word was actually shared 
It was a participle, which means it is. If you look at it in Greek, this is how it would sound. Therefore, in red, you see it right there. Therefore, as you are going, make disciples, and then it says of nations. It doesn't mean go to other countries. It's, a, it's ethnos, which means people of all backgrounds, all ethnicities, every type of person. So when you think of it that way, evangelism is basically saying this. As you are going through life with the people you're already walking with or the people that just come up and interact with you, make disciples. Share this good news with people, all different kinds of people. Even the people that freak you out, that don't look anything like you, don't wear their hair like you, don't act like you. They're different. No, you're different. You don't look like them, and so they're different than you. People of all backgrounds. This is powerful stuff here because it changes the whole deal. The disciples understood it this way. I'm not making this up. I'm not creating my own theology. I'm not creating my own plan for evangelism because the disciples understood this. The disciples who Jesus was speaking with did not leave. They didn't go, well, Jesus just ascended into heaven because right after he says this in Matthew, Matthew 28, the end of the book, he ascends into heaven. We don't see them all of a sudden get together and, okay, who's going to take the north? I don't like it. It's cold up there. I'm not really, who's going north? All right, you're going west. I kind of like the east. That's where the ocean is. I'm going east. Who's going south? South, south. Someone's got to go south. He said go. Nobody left. They all stayed in Jerusalem and right around that area. They didn't go anywhere. So they understood it this way. In fact, Peter and John are walking, just going to church. Said they were just going to church. They're walking over there, and this guy says, hey, can I have some money? And they said, you know what? We don't have money, but what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And he's like, what? And then they led him to Christ. Said, look, God turned our life around. Jesus is the Messiah. They didn't have a plan. They didn't say, you know what? Where are we going today? I don't know. I say we hit that guy, that guy's ready to go. Let's take that guy down. Because Jesus sent us to do this. He'll really be happy with us. It'll make us feel good. No, they did it because it was in the flow of their life. And they didn't do it to get anything. A lot of times we think, I need to do ministry because that's what God wants me to do. And if I do that, I'll feel good and I'll be blessed if I do it. No, that's not giving. That's not sharing. That's like an exchange. And that's a lot of times why we think evangelism is lame. So we just go, well, I'm just not going to do it. Sorry, you're not off the hook if you know this good news. If you know this good news, you've got to share it. And so they stayed. It wasn't until five years later that Stephen was martyred for his faith, killed for his faith. And here's the crazy thing. Through his death, this is going to blow your mind. This was one of his, he didn't plan on this that day. He didn't wake up going, I'm going to share this good news by dying today. But he woke up, he died, and you know who was there when this all went down? Paul the Apostle. Paul was not an apostle at that moment. In fact, he was trying to kill Christians. And through that and some other situations, he came to faith. And you know him as Paul, who wrote so many of the books in the New Testament that we read today. They stayed. Then after that, after Stephen was killed, then they said, well, if we stay here, we're going to die Let's move. And so some of them moved. The apostles, most of them stayed right there in Jerusalem. And then other people started moving. And as they were walking, like Philip, from, Philip was walking, he meets this guy, this eunuch in Samaria. As he meets him there, they just start talking. And he shares about meeting Jesus. 
Because when we talk about sharing, you just share what you know. Okay, now I'm running out of time, and I really want to make sure that I invite them up. This is, uh, I want to invite up Jerry and Kat Sills. So Jerry and Kat, can you guys come on up? You guys can take the fancy stairs. Oh, yeah, you want to? You want to stand there? I just stand up here so everybody can see me. Yeah, yeah, come right here. No, you can go wherever you want. In fact, if you want, you can go up and down the aisles. They love that stuff. So this is Jerry and Kat. I want to give some background on Jerry and Kat. Um, they are very influential in our life um, because they took in my wife when she was uh, in high school, and she lived with him. There was a lot of stuff going on in her family, and she was really close with Jerry and Kat. And so we invited uh, Jerry and Kat over when we do new married groups. So when people are getting married or just gotten married, we have them as one of the mentor couples that come and share because we know how hard they work on their marriage, which is a whole other story. Um, but they were there at our house, and they, sh- <laughs> and they shared this story of their wedding day. And it was so powerful. I'm like, oh, just so you know, there will be a time when I want you to share that story. And uh, at the beginning of the week, I was like, wait, this is the week. So I called them up, and last minute, they said, let's do it. So here they are. I'll hand it over to them. Hello? Okay. Good morning, Branches. I'm Jerry, and this is my wife, Kat. And let's see, we've been married 44 years uh, on May 24th, this mo- last month. So um, that Boogie told you what happened. At, we were at his house, and we shared this story, which we really have fun sharing this. And what I would... Boogie didn't know, and I didn't realize at the time. He, he said, when we talked, he said, "When do you?" We said, "When do you want us to do it?" And he said, "Well, this Sunday." I said, "Oh, this Sunday. This was like on Wednesday." And I said, "Okay." So what I didn't realize until this morning is that I looked at the calendar and realized what the date is today. Okay, that's how the story begins. Because forty-six years ago, on June eighth. In Laguna Beach, I was hit by a car. Broke a hip, broke my my leg, ended up in the hospital for three weeks. And I met a very lovely nurse's aide who worked there. <laughs> okay, so I, I couldn't believe it. it was the same date. And so um, things began then. I, I ended up having to go to Arizona stayed with my folks for a couple of months. And through that, what I want to explain to you, a disclaimer, is that we didn't do everything right, so don't uh, try everything we tried, the way we tried it. And we, we tell this to couples when we're mentoring, too, also. Um, learn from other people's mistakes, because um, we made plenty of them. But that isn't what we're here really to tell you. Um, the... Um, the one thing we did do right, though, that I want to say is that while I was gone, when we were getting to know each other, because we'd only really talked in the hospital, is that we wrote letters back and forth from Arizona to here for two months and got to know each other by letters. And we highly recommend that. That's a very good way to get to know people. So to fast forward, we ended up a year and a half or so down the line living together. We weren't married. Um, 
we planned on getting married, but we just never got around to it, right? It just didn't, didn't happen. So Kat's five and a half months pregnant, and we go, I think it's time. So I had this epiphany, let's go to the Sequoias and get married. So, you know, we're not Christians at this time, and we just figured we'll just go off, and when we find the right place, we're going to get married at, at that place. So we drive up towards the Sequoias in a little town called Woodlake, which is just outside of Three Rivers by the Sequoias. There was a little church. Uh, that right here. Good one, John. And uh, so we went, this, this looks like it. So we go inside, and we meet with the, the pastor there. We introduce ourselves. And you, you want to uh, enlighten what happened? Well, we walk in. I mean, obviously, I was five and a half months pregnant. We looked like kind of a couple of hippies. Um, I mean, you can see there that Jer had pinstripe, bell-bottoms, flowered shirt. I had a white mini dress. I mean, and pregnant. <laughs> anyway, there we are. So we walk in, and we just ask this guy if if he would marry us. And we found out later what he was thinking. You want, you're going to share that at the end? Yeah. yeah I what he's thinking, we'll share at the end. And he looks at us and he said, why do you want to get married? No, he said, first, is there a child? Is there a child? Because, you know, and um, I said, yes. And he said, why do you want to get married? And I said, because we love each other. And so he's talking to us. He's seeming a little uncomfortable. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. If you go back to your room, we'd rented a little place in town. And if you read two books, Letters to Philip and Letters to Karen, um, it was a pastor that had written these books to his children. And Jerry and I, not knowing anything about the Lord, we, he said, if you go back to your room, if you read these books, and if you come to my church service Sunday morning at da-da-da, we'll, we'll marry, I'll marry you after the service. So we just go, okay. And we get the books. And, and he's thinking, oh, I can't share you that. I can't tell you that till later. But so we go back to our room. And we power these books, and we get all ready in our little outfits that we brought. And we go to this church, and it's probably, we're, we're like out of the box looking when we walked in. Because it's mostly older people and a few younger ones, but we sat in the very back. And people kept turning around looking at us like, who are they? And, and... Okay, well, what happened was he uh, asked some people to to be the uh, witnesses and ended up about a dozen people stayed. And we didn't, I don't, I don't remember the gentleman on the right. I mean, <laughs> but the, the uh, I mean, I did meet him I, I, at, at a later time. But the, the fellow in the, in the back is, is pastor and his name is Dean Rowley and he... I just, I loved him, for, even though I, I wasn't a Christian, 
he had the most gentle demeanor and voice, and uh, I, I, I would never forget his, his voice. So what happened was we, we let, they gave us a reception. They said, come with us. We, got, we just want to bless you kids. And so we went over to this lady's house. First, this one lady gave Kat a bouquet, and they, they were older at the time, probably, I don't know, 50, 60. You know, we thought they was old. And, uh, and then the, this lady, uh, that was Alice, and this lady, Maybell, had just had her 25th anniversary. Uh, just prior to that, they had the top of the cake that had 25 and all that on it frozen. So they brought us over to their house. There were probably 15 people. John, her husband, was the music director at the high school, and he had a piano there, and he's playing the wedding march when we walk in, you know, and, and they had to spread out, you know, uh, sandwiches and uh, in this 25-year anniversary cake. Now, remember that, 25 years they had been married. So we did all that, and then we went, we got to go. And so can you show the picture of the, of the people saying goodbye to us, John? Okay, there's the group. You can see why we didn't, we kind of stood out with, um, with the people. And this, the pastor had three young daughters, and I, I can't really uh, t- tell you which one. I know that's Alice in the middle. So we're gone. So I want to fast forward. We went and had our honeymoon and everything, and we went back to Dana Point and had our family, did our, our, our thing for uh, the next 25 years, we had two, two boys, Chris, uh, Steve, and then Josh. And every, I think everybody here knows Josh. And uh, then we, and so we did life, right, for 25 years. And then on our 25th anniversary, I had another epiphany. So I know what we're going to do. Let's go back to Woodlake and just visit that church and just kind of check out where we got married. Now, we probably won't know anyone. Well, in the meantime, we became Christians. So we got married in 19... You forgot the most important part. We're talking... This is about evangelism. Serious. So we got married in 1970. So this is 25 years later. And we became Christians in 1981 at a little church at San Clemente High School called Believer's Chapel. And we both met the Lord the same day. And at that time, we were really struggling in our marriage and just a lot. I won't even go into that. But um, we went to church that day. We both met the Lord that day. I mean, it was really a miracle of God. So then we're going for our 25th anniversary. And Jer says, that's what we're going to do. And a friend loaned us her motorhome. And we just started driving. And all we had was that picture of the church. Oh, you're so good, John picture of the church and we had a little wedding certificate that had the address of the church so we just take off and kind of like we did when we got married and then we find the church and we knock on the door and this little old lady comes to the door opens it and Jer says well you're going to find this hard to believe but 25 years ago we got married here at this church, and before I could get out another word, she says, it's you, you came back, and we're going, what, and it's, it's Alice, and she goes, we wondered what happened to you, oh, I'm so glad to see you, come in, 
and we're, we're both kind of in shock, and we're going, she remembers us. This is 25 years later. Then we go inside, just a minute, I have to call Maybell. So she gets on the phone, a and, she, and, and Alice is like 85 years old now. And she goes, and we'd never seen her since, just one time. And she dials on the phone, she goes, Maybell, you're not going to believe who's here at the church. Yes, they're here. And we're going... Did they ever talk about anything else since we left? <laughs> so we're, and we're just amazed. And we ended up becoming really close with them, good friends. We went out to lunch with them that time, and we kept in contact. And we said, well, what about the pastor? We said, well, he's moved on. He's retired now. He's 65, and he lives back in, in uh, Portland area. And he does interim. He still does interim pastorships here and there he says but we'll we'll give you he's gone someplace now we'll give you his number and you can touch bases when you get home have i forgot anything yeah uh, i knew I did. this is important too because we wanted to tell them that we had become christians and that they demonstrated to us christian really evangelism hospitality they took us in gave us a reception they it was amazing and didn't know us. And then we just went back home and they didn't hear from us. But we wanted to tell them that we'd become Christians and that their witness and their demonstration of love beyond, you know, not even knowing us was so powerful. Acceptance. They just accepted us and loved us. And here we just went away and, and they some God put it in their heart to remember us. It was just so bizarre. We looked at each other and went, this is like Twilight Zone. I mean, when Alice said that and Maybell remembered, it was, it was truly amazing. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay, so then we went back home to Dana. Well, actually, we lived in, in Capistano Beach now, where we live today. And I, call, I called... Dean Rowley, the pastor, and we touch bases on the phone, and I recognize his voice instantly. He's still 25 years. I we still remember that soft, gentle voice, and and so we just said hi, how are you? And I said, you know, I just wanted you to know how instrumental you were in our uh, in our lives as far as uh, becoming Christians. And he says, you know, I, I was a pastor for. 45 years, and I look back in my life, and I wonder, did I ever make a difference? He says, <laughs> he says, you call me and tell me this, and you never know what difference you're going to make in someone's life, and that applies to all of us in everything we do every day in our everyday experience, and so uh, Pastor Dean and, I, and us and his wife, we, he's still around. We just talked to him on the phone yesterday, told him what we were going to do, and he's excited. And uh, anyway, I, I, real quick, I want to give you just a real quick um, view from the other side. And this is from the pastor. And he said it was a warm, he wrote this. As a matter of fact, he used to, do, he does a sermon on hospitality. When we were up there, we were actually um, Famous. We didn't. We didn't realize they told our story all the time. But he, this little 
excerpt is, it was a warm spring day in Woodlake, California, a Friday afternoon when Jerry and Kat showed up in my office door at the Presbyterian Church. They were complete strangers to me when they introduced themselves and asked if I would perform a marriage ceremony for them. Now, you have to get the picture of this situation. I was an educated Presbyterian with a well-informed attitude about weddings and marriages, and I wasn't running a wedding chapel. Besides, I required three hours of counseling, and I had two books they had to read. They were well-groomed couple, if not a little (laughs) hippie-looking. But I liked them. Don't ask why. I think God had a plan for their lives, and I was only a part of it. By a work of the Spirit, my attitude softened, and I listened to their story. Things went from bad to worse. They had lived together in Dana Point for two years without the benefit of marriage. My suspicious mind caused me to ask, are you pregnant? She said, yes, but that isn't the reason we're getting married. Getting married was one of those things they had planned to do. They were just now getting around to it. They looked like a likable couple. I negotiated a settlement. If they would read these two books, come to church on Sunday, I would get the necessary witnesses and perform the ceremony after the service. And... um, that's our story. Because I wasn't sure I would ever see them again, but I did. And that's and, our story. And uh, just, uh, just one. <laughs> just one, one quick uh, verse here uh, in Romans 8.28, which, by the way, is on my surfboard. Um, it says 8.28. I love it. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So we never know what happens in our life is going to, when, when, even though it's not good, our, our beginning wasn't good and it ended up um, because of our beginning. Uh, today, we're able to, to share that with people and, and know that, they're, that God can cause these things to work together for good and which he has done in our lives. And uh, he who begins a good work in you will perfect it to the day of Jesus Christ. I just want to say one thing. Sorry, Bug. Um, this happens. You like n- Uncle and Aunt Lou are like extra privileges. Well, I just, I love Steph and Bug and just what, how God brought us in each other's lives. But I just really want to say it really doesn't matter how you start out. It matters how you finish and how you treat people and how you love people and how you serve people and how you maybe take that extra step to reach out to somebody. Maybe God puts a little thing in your heart. Oh, you you know, you should call or whatever. Do it. You never know um, what that difference you might make in someone's life. And I would just encourage you to finish well and love wide and serve each other. He's whispering in my ear. The question you asked. Oh, I, I talked to Dean yesterday, and I asked him, Dean, if you could say one thing about your life, and what would you impart to us? And he said, I said, what kind of legacy do you hope to leave? And he just said, you know, the people that are in your life that you love, that they walk with the Lord, and that they know Jesus, and that your children and your grandchildren walk with the Lord, and demonstrate that 
evidence of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because this is a blip. We're just a blip in the road. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you so much for doing that. Thanks, Val. Appreciate it so much. So um, they have a lot more to share. Um, so you can talk with them afterwards. And so I want to invite the worship team up. They're going to close us in a song, and then we'll take the offering. But I want to I want to share with you where we're headed, and especially why I wanted them to share that story. We talked about what evangelism is. What it is, it's just sharing good news, right? It's giving. I want you to imagine, I mean, it, you guys all look like hippies today, so we can't say that. But if someone came and walked in here and looked different, would we do that for them? Think about it, would we? I don't know if, I, before I heard that story, I was like, wow, what would I do? What, would we, like, start opening it? Come over to my house. I had plans, but you know what? Let's scrap those. Like, are we prepared to share? Or are we so filled up with other things and ideas that we don't have time? And we're going to talk more about different ways that you can share. But, I mean, it doesn't get any more simple than just putting yourself to the side and putting others above yourself. And when the door opens, to share what you already know. What you already have and what you already know. And you never know, you never know what's going to happen. I wanted them to share that story because... To me, they're talking about, I haven't forgot the guy's name already, but the pastor, are talking about them. Steph and I talk about Jer and Kat all the time because of the influence they've been in our life. Because when you share, you never know how far it's going to go. And yet, the one thing that can get in the way of all of it is fear. Fear and selfishness is what keeps us from sharing. If we are the light of the world, we've got to understand we're only here on this planet for a little bit of time. And we're here to share, to share all kinds of good news, to share everything that God has given us. It's meant to be given away. And when you give it away, you don't know what's going to happen. Not everyone gets the opportunity to have somebody call you 25 years later and tell you what's going down. But like Stacy was sharing, Stacy got to share that and she felt different. She knew that that's what she was supposed to do. She was glad they tapped her on the shoulder because then she was able to share. She wanted to, but she was afraid. So this is my question. What is your plan? What is your plan to share? You have a plan, right? And if you don't, then just start figuring it out. But you need to be expectant that at any day, at any time, at any place, that that opportunity will present itself for you to share the love of Christ. Whether it be with cake, whether it be by a book, whether it be opening your door, whether it be by, we wonder what happened to you. I mean, can you imagine that impact, how special they felt? They already followed Christ, but to hear that, it's like, oh, wow, they remember us. Are you prepared when you leave? Are you prepared when after the song, when people are walking around, that maybe someone here needs you? We need to be prepared. So I'd like us to all stand. I'm going to pray for us, and then um, Ty and the band will leave it, lead us in uh, one last song. Father, we, um, we belong to you. And we're going to be going. And we want you to be with us wherever we go. We want you to open our eyes and especially our hearts so that we can figure out how to share this good news. How to just share what you've given us. We know we don't have all the answers. We don't know why you do the things you do. We don't know the Bible backwards and forwards. There's so much that we don't know. 
But Lord, what we've seen, what we've heard, and what we've held with our own hands, show us how to share that. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.